Hi, I'm Michael Spratt. And I'm Emily Tammon. We're the co-hosts of The Docket, the podcast for legal and political nerds. Hey Mike, have you ever asked yourself, what's the deal with the notwithstanding clause? Thanks, Doug Ford. Hey Emily, have you ever wondered, are the police allowed to do that? Almost daily. And have you ever scratched your head as politicians pass bad law after bad law? Super itchy. Join us in the docket as we break down the intersection of law, politics, and common sense. As a criminal defense lawyer and former prosecutor, we might not have a regular schedule or much of a plan, but we've got you covered. So tune in to the docket. You can find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast, and it's our misogynist of the week, our last one for the summer until September. I know you guys are going to miss us. We'll miss you too. Um, So we have, instead of one, we're going to do another smorgasbord of misogyny because sometimes there's just too many instances to pick one. So um, I'll start off with one. All right, I'm ready. All right. Um, OJ's on Twitter. Yay. Okay. That's it. That's literally all I want to say because I don't want to give him any more airtime. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) It is pretty wild that he is on Twitter. There's something just... What the fuck just happened about that? And I, I just... Uh, uh, okay. I mean, you know, President Trump can be on Twitter, then why can't OJ? Like, I think that is an actual thought that probably went through his mind. Speaking of President Trump. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. So, I mean, go for it. Yeah. So, President Trump was um, accused of rape this, uh, I think, a couple of days ago, two or three days ago. Um,. And none of the mainstream media, except for the Washington Post, I believe, had it on their front page. In fact, most of them just basically ignored it. And that, to me, is an example of the inherent misogyny and the inherent, um, like, the absolution of power in our society And uh, the fact is, is that media shapes perceptions, no matter what they say, no matter how much they say they're dying, they do. They shape perceptions about what's important and what's not. Being on the front page, how you choose the front page is a job in itself. And there's a reason for that. It tells us what is important and what what the media leaving uh, this story off their front page means to, um, or it leads me to believe that they probably didn't want to even put in the resources mm. to fi- figure out what the story was to put it on the front page. Yeah. No, I mean that 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 is super fucked up. Um, and I think it's I don't know what where that comes from, like an ex- like exhaustion over reporting or just a like kind of people assume he's done it so it does not like I don't even know what's the defense like what's their explanation 
Yeah. And, you know, them beating something to death has not, you know, has not held them back before. Right. So that's that can't be it. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's really perplexing. I'm also really over the tweets that people have been circulating. Like he spent so much time on Joe Biden uh, touching someone on the shoulder, a woman on the shoulders. But there's not been anything about Trump. Well, I mean, Joe Biden's a fucking piece of shit who says really inappropriate things. Most recently to like a 12 year old girl, like turning to her, like her. What was it? It was like meeting some a family and turn yeah. to the brothers and we're like, oh, I or the dad. And yeah. Like, Hope you're looking at. Oh, how old are you? And she said she was 12. And you're like, oh, better watch out for this. One. Like, just. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like a, gross. Like, gross gro- like, like he really is like gross uncle personified. I think we already talked about Joe Biden. So I don't want to belabor the point, but yeah. it is. It doesn't matter that we spent a lot of time on Joe Biden. I think it's time that we take the magnifying lens to Joe Biden. I really enjoyed um, Kara's tweet from Keep It where she tweeted like, you know, thank God, like, you know, like props to whoever in the Obama administration like managed to keep like, you know, Biden on lockdown for all those years because like we're only seeing this shit now that he's like being managed by his own people. But I, I let's not equate these two things. And I think it I think definitely we definitely need to hear more about this Trump allegation. Like he's he should not get it past no matter how how much we are over him or how much we expect yeah. this of him. It, yeah. it shouldn't it, it doesn't mean that these things don't need to be investigated and, and brought to the fore. Right. So I'm just going to read a little bit about. So this was also published in The New York Times in their book section. So the advice columnist E. Jean Carroll accused President Trump of sexually assaulting her in the mid-1990s in her forthcoming book. In, quote, what do we need men for? (laughs) Unquote. I feel like, here for the title. Um, Her account of being harassed and mistreated by a series of men, which since St. Martin's Press is expected to publish next month, Ms. Carroll, the author of Ask E. Jean in Elle magazine alleges that Mr. Trump raped her in 1995 or 96 in a Bergdorf Goodman dressing room. This sounds like something he would so like. This sounds like, yeah. An excerpt that includes her account was published on the New York Magazine's website earlier Friday. Mr. Trump, in a statement, emphatically denied the incident. I've never met this person in my life, he said, although the excerpt in the New York magazine was accompanied by a photograph that saw the two together at a 1987 party. Oh, my God. Amazing. So uh, that's basically what's going on. Um, Yeah. Like, and isn't this like the like 50th person, too? I, yeah, I, mean, and, I don't know uh, about that, but well, it, not 50. No, but, no, no. You know, but I mean, I don't line. even know because there hasn't been ad- like there's never really been adequate reporting, even by the like yeah. from the grab her by the pussy tape. Yeah. There hasn't really been much um, like actual coverage. It's been more like process pieces about the house, like it's sensationalizing Trump. Um, and then the only person who I think has ever been held accountable for anything Trump did was Billy Bush. So like, you yeah. know, it, which is fine by me, but yeah. like, but there has, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. there hasn't really been like a proper taking it's stock Billy of who Bush the fuck this guy the is for that one. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always, I always relish, you know, a Bush takedown. Don't get me wrong. Yes. From that Bush family. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Um, but there hasn't but been. But there like, hasn't been the nearly the same level of scrutiny for Donald Trump because now it's just normalized with him. That's I think what I think that's precisely the problem. And he's so cartoonish that we don't actually find him like a fault for anything because yeah. he's such a caricature of an evil person and a lot of or like a caricature of like a rich dude. And even if he were to like have to face any of these accusations, we can all kind of imagine what it would be like. It would be very Brett Kavanaugh-esque. Like there would oh. be so many explanations, ways of explaining away what happened or like you, I, I, I honestly I cringe at the thought, but it doesn't mean that that shouldn't happen. There should absolutely be some sort of um, follow through because an accusation of like rape like that is just so grave and serious. And I really think that we at least need to spend time, um, especially since this woman has come forward and shared account in her book to actually like grapple with it. Yeah, I think um, here's the other disgusting thing I saw is that they they chose to call it a credible rape accusation. Mm. And I was just like as opposed to what? I I I as opposed to all the non-credible ones, well why weren't they credible to you? Because cuz obviously this is a woman of high society. Mm-hmm. Right? So how is it that her account is credible but nobody else's is? And that's exactly the way that media shapes these attitudes and shapes what we think of as credible, what we think of as professional, what we think of as leadership, what we think of as acceptable, what is normalized. Like they like it's been disgusting the way they have ignored and then only tepidly weighed into it as though. And I just want to say that it seems to me that media is now editing themselves for fear of what conservatives say. Mm-hmm. And what's so the quality of reporting, not that it was great, has definitely gone downhill because of that. Anyway, next. <laughs> What's the next one? I don't know. I'm just reading a shitty article by Jordan Peterson. In oh, the in the Post. National Post. Oh, I have a new name for the National Post. Oh, I'm ready. The Trational Post. Hey, oh. <laughs> it's just such a. I don't know why he gets any column pages. He's just kind of going on and on about his like bullshit ideas of, of psychology. And OK, here's. Here's what I've realized with Justin Peter. Justin. <laughs> oh Freudian slip. And I'll take it. Um, Jordan Peterson is the type of misogynist and racist and homophobe, because they all come together, to be honest, um, that intellectuals love. So the intellectuals who who have their racist eugenics ideas and so on and so forth, and I use the word ideas really loosely, um, love Jordan Peterson because he can, like, en- encases it in terms of um, intellectual rigor, or he gives the impression, sorry, of intellectual rigor. And it's basically the same old shit that is 
that is just very well branded into academia. Mm -hmm. That's all. I mean, and and this this column is very much that and, you know, is essentially kind of reframing. And I don't know why this is at all remotely topical again. Um, I'm not sure what he's responding to, but he's sort of rehashing his own um, his own commentary from uh, around Bill C-16, which brought in language around gender expression. Um, and so I think reframing in the context of some uh, school board policies that are sort of broadening the space for gender fluidity in the classroom. And on the one hand, he is saying, you know, identity is a bullshit idea because all identity is, um, you know, a sense of self engaging with the world. It's not about, you know, your your passive, uh, fa- you know, sexual phase or your clothing choice. It's about how the self engages with society. And then he says, uh, gender identity is not negotiated, even though every other aspect of your identity is socially negotiated. And then, but but says, you know, gender is the one neutral thing and that we, not to accept gender, um, the gender roles that we are assigned, uh, it makes it, I guess it, it, or rather that social roles, including roles of gender are essential to the essence of civilization. They protect us from psychological chaos and all this sort of bullshit. Um, so it's not really clear as a good friend of mine, um, a lawyer who actually does study a lot of these things, uh, Josh Seeley Harrington, who's awesome on Twitter. You should follow him. What's you know, his name? Josh Seeley Harrington. Yeah. You know, it, it's almost as if he's like by, by virtue of this defending, like, all forms of status quo right like that logic just like really doesn't hold muster right it's like cool so women voting black emancipation um these changes didn't destroy society so like but abiding by a certain crude gender norm of a time would have oh he Um, follows me (laughs) his idea you know like sorry no no it's okay like yeah, Jordan Peterson's ideas around um, gender are just so fucking toxic. Uh, and I don't know why they keep being allowed to occupy spaces. And he just doesn't seem to appreciate that his idea is is in, in itself political. Like, There's no apolitical view on gender or anything. His is just the traditional view. It's the longstanding status quo view. Um, and so he's accepting it as somehow being neutral and saying, well, this neutrality in the classroom is important. And any questioning is actually there uh, is harmful. No well, it's like, no, there's no there's neutrality. No, no but, it just but it's depends. Wa- yeah. yeah so whatever. His statements on identity, I find very not really interesting. Um, and the reason is, it's like you said, the status quo is accepted as objective and neutral, but it's just the status quo. And the status quo exists because nobody questions it. And the status quo not being questioned is not a good thing. Things change. Our consciousness changes. Our into, like what we know as the truth or facts has changed. Scientific research has influenced our change and i use science as to include social sciences too not just like hardcore sciences the way we think about gender the way we think about race the way we think about all about about women's rights about 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 lgbtq people like i feel like all of this stuff has changed because our society has changed 
the inability to reflect the society you're in to me is a deficit for anybody teaching anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, what is not so interesting, interesting is also how much space this guy has been given and how much ink he's been given over the years. And that, again, goes back to the media conversation we had and how media shapes perceptions. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know I don't know why um we just accept that this is a quote unquote prominent voice. He hasn't proved anything. Does it- he has tenure at UFT? Well, there you go. But do you, like people get a pa- like people get a pass. There you know, there's so many shitty professionals, shitty professors shitty you know whatever like people in positions of otherwise of status who get passes because they've ascended to some level of like some a particular strata of society and we don't dare challenge their credentials because we're supposed to believe that their ascension is based on merit yeah or they've been vetted somehow or that there's some that they've already been legitimacy yeah Yeah. and you know in that they hold whatever position that they hold right and so then we're all like we're either told to be silent or we're told to you know respect their opinion or whatever or we're told that at the very least there's legitimacy in giving them some space and some platform Mm -hmm. um without actually you know challenging what the under like what they're actually saying and like you know in investing looking at it with some rigor um now mind you the national post will publish whoever right they publish john Kay's homophobic shit too and transphobic shit so i you know i don't think it's just that but in general jordan peterson has been given a pass by a lot of parts of society for that reason if he was just some nobody on youtube i don't know that he would have risen to the position that he has but he was appearing for a period of time until some people caught on to the fact that there was a backlash against him mm-hmm. on on you know other more reputable places than say the national post although i think a lot of people would say the national well, post he, is quote unquote reputable i don't but whatever but i just called it the trashional post no like, i, I, know, like, I, don't I hear you but i hear you is basically yeah. what i'm saying yeah well, I think I think um, I think these spaces, spaces like U of T um, panels and stuff like that, all these panels that you see from so-called reputable places. Sure. Like the monk debates, like the monk debates was a shit show. It was bullshit. And you know what I saw from from media? More of this status quo and then debate your ideas bullshit Mm -hmm. which is just getting people to do more emotional work Mm -hmm. to a stave off um insults to their being first of all and b then you're supposed to come back and do the intellectual rigor of debating ideas that aren't even ideas it's just hate like hate Mm -hmm. is not an idea It's nothing new. It's not like he's, you know, um, who's the other one? Sam Harris is another one who gets a pass of some sort of intellectual rigor. The the Islamophobe. Uh, I think he's a writer or something like that. They're all blurring together. Yeah, same idea. And the reason is, is because he sounds 
like an intellect. Mm-hmm. He's written a couple books. I mean, you can find a publisher to 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 write your to to publish your drivel, especially these days. So don't give me that. Um, he's somehow been accepted as and the same with Jordan Peterson as um, as the status quo. That's the other thing is that these people are then um, accepted and then um, woven into the fabric of the status quo. And that's how the center switches right or left, but right in this case. Anyway, moving on, because fucking Jordan Peterson wasn't even on the top. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we're not cutting that shit. Nope. <laughs> so... In talking about awful men, we have Mark Field, who is, I believe, an MP in the United in the United Kingdom. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. Some this guy Mark Fields was in, at a black tie event. Um. There was a woman there who was part of a protest designed to draw attention to climate change or to the climate crisis. But there's no room for protest in the center of power because how dare you? Mark Field, the MP for cities of London and Westminster, which includes the area presided over by the Corporation of London, the ancient center of power and the epicenter of business in London. When the protester happened to walk behind his chair, he grabbed her by the neck, slammed her up against the wall, took her arm, twisted it, and threw her out. And the people in the protest, basically, I mean, sorry, not the protest, the people who were in that black tie event just looked on and did nothing. And so I just want to say that this is a like this is a huge I mean, this is violence against women. It's gender based violence. It is it's just violence. And it just goes to show that some violence we are okay with accepting Mm -hmm. so he was applauded uh a lot of people online have been coming to his defense saying you did the right thing uh removing this greenpeace protester look this woman lives like on and then of course the daily mail figured out where she was and who she was i guess she lives in a farm in wales and like has rabbits you know she sounds not that there was like there's like walks the talk literally no threat at all (laughs) not that that would have made it you know what i mean but it's like it's like how are you a fucking hero you move this like woman like quite aggressively and it's like you watch and he he's it's just so jarring to see that but you look at the space that he's in and it's like it's the same you know, it's just any time that their protesters enter into these spaces, um, these black tie galas, the fundraisers, that kind of thing. It's always very jarring because you really see uh, sort of the disparity between, um, you know, like not just the activist class, but like, you know, real people. And then where where these politicals actually find that these elected people, people in power actually 
uh, the spaces that they're comfortable inhabiting and how comfortable they are and any threat to that how quickly you see the like the violence kind of unleashed it's and the, it's the, and the react like the reaction and, and that's i think who the who they truly are is who they are in those spaces i agree with you it's it was uh, it was quite jarring to watch um and i i am appalled honestly by the reaction not surprised but appalled um Oh, yes. She does live on a farm in Wales. Uh, <laughs> 31 rabbits. She likes knitting with rabbit wool. As the author in the in I'm reading this post from The Guardian by Suzanne Moore, who. Um, who who talked about this, this issue, and she says dryly, she sounds lethal, I must say. And so here's the thing about perceived threats and power and i think that the idea that he perceived her as a threat is bullshit because he was the one with all the power and the fact that we're cheering on there's so many dimensions of this class dimension um there is uh let's just say an origin dimension her being from wales in london is a, a sort of political dimension, gender-based violence dimension, but it is the violence and the fact that that was his go-to. His go-to was the violence. That was his first reaction, and that's the one that was unfettered. And and I I I'm like I enlistly like literally saying to myself, how is this not a thing that we're talking about? in terms of the way we look at mm. violence and who perpetrates violence. Mm. Anyway, so that's my piece. Um, yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> was arrested for sexual assault. Um, sorry, at inappropriate touching. And uh, his let's just say his perp walk has become a meme and it's become a meme to um, signify some, um, some misdemeanor that somebody has committed. So uh, let's just say, I don't know, Jay, uh, me when I'm jaywalking and then they show Cuba Gooding Jr.'s perp walk. And that's dangerous to me. And I think that that normalization of mm -hmm. touching women in public or anywhere, to be honest, of touching women, of passing that boundary is just normalized. And maybe it's just Hollywood or something. I don't know. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. But that's what bothers me about mm -hmm. this whole thing. Yeah. And he was laughing it off, too. Right. Like that's he was smirk. making a big show of it. Um, there's this Merck. He's been giving interviews um, and his whole approach has been to really downplay it all. Um, I think when it's, um, you know, I mean, anything short of rape, people seem to want to make light of. So it, whether it, I mean, and it's all a form of assault to grab someone is a form of assault. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, but people do like to downplay all of those things. 
Um, and the fact that he was even uh, arrested tells me that, you know, it, the, there was something there, right? Yeah. Um, there's video. There's video. I haven't seen it. It sounds like it's pretty bad. Uh, it's, it's pretty grabbing, damning for him. Grabbing yeah. a woman in breasts and like out in the open in public. I don't really know. I didn't haven't seen it, but like that's all pretty fucking upsetting. But yeah, it's just this, this humor like that the internet makes of these things. And uh, there, you think back to the nineties, like so many of the uh, mug, like TMZ mug shots, right? Like anytime that stuff, like that's the fodder and we don't really grapple with it. I think it's because we think like celebrities are like, we do treat them as though they're untouchable. Like it's yeah. almost as though what they do in their own personal life is another extension of the entertainment they provide us that's scripted. It's all part of the performance. It's all part of the performance, yeah. right? And like even people saying like, you know, oh, is Cuba still playing um, OJ? You know, it's like, yeah, that's kind of like, first of all, it's still hanging through. And also like, why like we can't seem to separate these people out right from uh from their rules which actually adds to the irony of when someone does something bad and people say well we can separate the art from the artist it's like well actually we can't because all that we spend all the time treating their personal life as fodder for our entertainment mm -hmm. so we really don't separate the art from the artist hardly ever until then it becomes a politically expedient argument to make right essentially yes um I just, you know, I feel like we're one step forward, three steps back sometimes. And I just get tired of the whole, like, I am not, okay, From I am not going to explain the birds and the bees to people anymore. So, in other words, not, well, I haven't been for a while, let's be honest. But there's no way that I should have to explain why that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Or, and it's the same with the Mark Field thing. We shouldn't have to explain what's that, that that's wrong. And the fact that this is where we are is upsetting to me. But maybe we were always here. We just didn't hear about it. I think this is all stuff that was very commonplace. It's finally getting a light shed on it. And a lot of the things that people used to say in private, they're emboldened to say in public. Or, yeah. or we have an eye into what they were saying. Like the advantage of Twitter, which I also hate, yeah. is that you have an eye into certain communities and circles and how they communicate with one another. So Tory MPs patting Mark Field on the back for his intervention in choking a woman or like pushing her off him. That video I did see and it is jarring. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like we get an eye into how they actually speak about each other and to each other. And I think that's chilling, but that's always been there. Um, we just have a different vantage point in. And, you know, I mean, that that's almost valuable because it reminds you of how much work there needs to be done. But at, and that's I think that's I think why we feel like we're two steps forward, three steps back or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, so on that note, I think this is our longest misogynist of the week ever. Uh -oh. And it's our laughs for the summer. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, as usual, um, you, can f you can find our work at um, On the Hill Times. We have a weekly column there. It comes out on Wednesday. We will be reproducing them on our website. And our website is badandbitchy.com. 
Facebook, facebook.com forward slash bad and be podcast, Twitter at bad and bitchy, Instagram at bad and bitchy pod, email bad and be pod at gmail.com. Um, just because we're off doesn't mean you can't subscribe to our page or donate to our Patreon, which we would be so appreciative of. Uh, patreon.com forward slash bad and bitchy merch redbubble.com slash people slash bad and bitchy amy do you have any parting words until september yeah i guess hey that's a lot of pressure i mean i just hope everyone has a really fun summer i know it's a lot of pressure in canada to have to enjoy every day of the sun and summer it is try to like get as much out of it but honestly some days i just close the blinds and watch tv and pretend it's like not nice out and also because the tv gets a glare from my open window but you know like it's okay to like not have it be everything and because that's a lot of pressure too but just try to enjoy and take time for yourself and i hope everyone gets a meaningful break um, even if you can't travel, but that you can be at home and be rested and relaxed. That's all I hope for people. And I'll be doing the same. So will I. Okay. Bye. Bye.